This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. This is a thing. So there's a few things I'm proud of from our family's trip around the world a few school years ago. I'm proud of the fact that we visited some amazing places, obviously. I'm proud of how I managed to live a year out of just a backpack. I'm proud of the fact that other than an occasional cold we'd get no matter where we lived for a year, we all stayed healthy and safe. And obviously, I'm proud of the fact that we didn't kill each other, even though we were around each other nonstop in close quarters for a long time. (laughs) But I'm also weirdly proud of this one thing that I did not even notice I was doing until we were about three-fourths done with our trip. I managed to keep the same pen the entire time we traveled. I mean, think about that. If you're like me, you lose small things like pens, chapstick, or sunglasses all the time, way too easily. It's infuriating sometimes. And yet I miraculously held onto that one pen the entire school year we traveled on a heck of a lot of planes and trains, in tons of hotels and guest houses, and walking miles down countless roads. Looking back, I think it has to do with the simplicity of our lives in other ways that year. I mean, all things considered, we didn't have to keep up with much. A few items of clothing, our laptops and Kindles and phones and cords, and then a few accessories like sunglasses, water bottles, notebooks, and pens and pencils. And then done. Those were our earthly possessions for that whole experience. This part was awesome, to be honest. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly the reason why, because the week we unpacked and settled into a regular house back stateside, I lost that friggin' pen. No exaggeration. It was like my brain said, oh, you no longer have only a few things to pay attention to? Got it. Commence the leaving of stuff wherever you feel like it without notice. Now, it wasn't a special pen at all. It was just a cheap drugstore ballpoint pen. But there was something sort of Wilson-like when I lost that pen, as though it were my one constant companion on that whole journey and life-changing experience, you know, besides my actual companions consisting of my husband and three kids. But several years later, I think of that pen from time to time, not because it was special. I mean, I don't even remember what it looked like, but because I wonder what I would do now if we ever went back on that trip again. See, there's something I value now that I didn't think one second about back then. And that's having a good pen and pencil. And yes, I am completely serious. Now, I'm not talking about a super fancy high-end pen like your Mr. Burns and a big pen and a store brand pencil are beneath you. I'm talking about finding a little tool of the trade that makes you happy, that works well, and that you enjoy. And for me, that's a good pen and pencil. Now, hear me out. I haven't gone full Kardashian. I'll tell you more of my thinking along with what are my current favorites right after this short break. I'll be right back. Now, hear me out. I haven't gone full Kardashian. I'll tell you more of my thinking along with what are my current favorites right after this short break. I'll be right back. Hey, listeners, have you heard about Rothy's Shoes? Okay, Rothy's women's and girls' shoes are super stylish, sustainable shoes that are legit comfortable enough to wear every day, anywhere, and with everything. I've worn their super cute classic flats in a vast array of situations, from running errands to traveling abroad, and I've worn them with dresses and jeans. And I just got my second pair of Rothy's a couple weeks ago. They're the Chelsea boots, which are slip-on, laceless, high-top booties that I've already worn several times and have gotten compliments both times. I can wear them for hours, and they never hurt my feet. 
In fact, my teen daughter has already borrowed them several times right when I was going to wear them. So we need to have a little chat about that. It blows my mind that Rothy's are made from recycled plastic water bottles because you would never guess. They're one of the softest shoes you'll put on your feet and they're machine washable. It's fantastic. Rothy's has already diverted over 35 million water bottles from landfills and they prioritize sustainability in every step of their manufacturing process. So check out all their amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash goodlist. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash goodlist. We're talking comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been looking for. So one more time, that's rothys.com slash goodlist. Okay, I'm back. And yes, I'm actually dedicating an entire podcast episode to something as quotidian as a pen and pencil. Here is why I like having a good one of each. A pen and pencil are things I use daily. I keep one around me at all times and I have for years. And I honestly don't think two to three hours go by without me needing to use one. I even keep one on my nightstand while I sleep. I don't know, I guess just in case I wake up with an epiphany and I need to write it down. I'm a writer by trade, so pens and pencils kind of symbolize that to me. They represent the livelihood of what I do, even if most of my words are written through a screen. Sounds weird, but I guess I feel like, hey, I'm a writer. It makes sense to have at least one good pen and pencil. And lastly, I like a good pen and pencil because it makes me feel like a bona fide grown-up. Now, I know, I'm 42. I've been one for a while. But kind of like when you upgrade your dishes to a full set after years of your college mishmash collection of plates, or when the day comes when you finally realize spending more on fewer shoes is truly the adulting thing to do, I guess having a good pen and pencil for me is a small, simple, daily way I make my everyday responsibilities feel more intentional and more thoughtfully done. Okay, so what pen and pencil am I talking about? Okay, I mean, I'll tell you what my favorites are, but that's not really the point of this episode. When I'm talking about finding a good pen and pencil to add to your good list, I'm really talking about not only finding what works for you, but also finding that pen or pencil in your life that you care about. So if it's not a literal pen or pencil, maybe it's a particular whisk if you're especially into baking or, I don't know, a guitar pick if that's your preferred hobby. Or I guess like a tennis ball of choice. (laughs) Whatever it is that you do regularly or you find yourself caring about, going ahead and getting that upgraded version of the thing you like. That's what I'm talking about here. So specifically for me here, that's a pen and pencil. And here are my current favorites. For a pen, I love my Frixion Ball erasable pen with refill cartridges. You can find it for around $20 to $30, but then you buy sets of the ink refills for about 10 bucks for three. So basically you buy one pen and keep it long-term and then refill it with new cartridges. It writes beautifully and clump-free and doesn't leak through the page. And like the name says, it's erasable. Now, I'm not talking about your erasable pen from 1986 in Mrs. Cassidy's class where she had you erase the words on your test and made it into a torn up shredded mess. I'm talking about a good erasable pen, one that actually works and leaves almost no trace. I really do adore this pen. I've used it consistently for a while now. And unless I find some better pen at that price that sings and dances, my plan is just to keep buying those cartridges and keep on using the Frixion. And as for a pencil, 
My friend, Emily Freeman, introduced me to her favorite pencil a few summers ago when we co-led our first literary London trip. She brought some Palomino Blackwing pencils to add to each attendee's welcome bag, and I thought, huh, okay, great, pencil. But then she told me that they were her all-time favorites, which made me raise an eyebrow until I used it. And it was fantastic. The graphite writes perfectly smoothly. It weirdly stays sharpened for a long time. And I also love that there's a storied history with the Blackwing. Supposedly, lots of great writers preferred Blackwings. And apparently, Chuck Jones created Bugs Bunny with a Palomino Blackwing. It's got a rectangular eraser that slides in and out, which you can refill if you run out before the pencil does, because they really do take a long time to wear down. I really do love writing with them. Right now, they're about $20 to $30 for a 12-pack. So I'll link to both the Frixion ball pen and the Palomino Blackwing pencil in the show notes of this episode, if you're curious. Now, is a good pen and pencil a necessity? Absolutely not. Do I still occasionally grab whatever's closest to me for the sake of being a normal person? Of course I do. But I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't prefer to use my stand-apart favorite pen and pencil. And I'm proud to say that after several years of owning both, except for a few occasions when I thought I lost them, I've still held on to the same ones. It's not because I'm living out of a backpack and keeping up with only a few precious items. So perhaps this is because I'm willing to invest a few brain cells to make sure I keep up with these things because I actually like them. I feel like that says something about the whole idea at large of having fewer but better items. I'm on board with this. So to answer my own question, I think yes. If my family and I were to go on another round the world trip right now, I would take my favorite pen and pencil because I'm pretty sure I'm proving to myself right now that I'm finally grown up enough to not lose them. Fingers crossed, of course. So not too long ago, I called up my friend and former podcast co-host, Andrea Debink, and I wanted to see what was on her mind and how she's doing. Shampoo bars. Okay. Have you ever used those or familiar with what those are? I've seen them at like Whole Foods type stores, but I've never used one. I've used like lotion bars. So I'm curious if they're similar. Tell me, tell me your backstory as to why you even started using them. Yeah. Well, um, kind of like you said already, a shampoo bar is just a solid bar of shampoo, (laughs) similar to bar soap, but it's obviously it's for your hair. And until about Last December, I actually had never heard of shampoo bars myself. Mm -hmm. But over the past year, I've been doing a lot of research for a book that I'm writing, a children's book on environmental stewardship. So I've been considering a lot more my own habits and my own purchasing and how that affects the overall environment. So in December of last year, 2019, I started thinking a lot more about my use of uh, single use plastics. Mm -hmm. And I started looking for ways in my own home in my own everyday life to really start reducing uh, the amount of plastics that I was buying and kind of introducing back into the environment. And um, I was actually reading an article on nationalgeographic.com one day just about the huge plastic waste problem that we have, which has actually been in the headlines for a number of years. But for whatever reason, it just really caught my attention last December when I was reading about it. And after I read that article, I was just curious about my own habits. And I went into my own bathroom and started counting up all the plastic bottles that I had. And I had 14. Mm-hmm, right. Just within sight. So not even counting, you know, plastics that would be in my cupboards or in my closet. And I should also say that 
it's just my husband and I. Mm. So we don't even have kids. We don't have other people living in the house. This is two people, 14 plastic bottles. And I was pretty shocked by that once I actually started taking stock of my own home. And I thought, okay, I have to start somewhere. It's a really daunting thing to start changing these habits in our lives, but I wanted to start somewhere. And the easiest one for me was just, I stopped buying body wash that comes from plastic bottles Sure, because bar soaps are, are pretty common. They're actually not as common as body wash in my local grocery stores, but you can still find them fairly easily. So I switched to bar soaps that come in cardboard packaging. And then I thought, okay, now I need to move on to shampoo. And I had been doing some Googling and had seen shampoo bars, but back in late December of last year, they weren't that common where I was living yet. Yeah, I could find them on Amazon, which, you know, I have kind of a love-hate thing with Amazon like you do. It's tricky. It's so tricky. <laughs> it is tricky. And then I did find a really popular brand. It's actually called, I think it's pronounced Ethique. Um, and that's actually a brand that was produced in New Zealand. But then I started thinking about that and the cost of shipping coming from New Zealand. And I thought, is there a more local option than that? And what I ended up finding is there, there were shampoo bars at my local Whole Foods. Which, you know, fortunately, my city does have a Whole Foods, but it's not super convenient for me. And I actually, I don't regularly shop there. Right. But I made a special trip. I got the shampoo bar, started using it. Um, and within that amount of time, so this is like the beginning of January, I started switching over to these bars. Target actually started stocking shampoo bars. And then I just checked this week. And now my store actually stocks three different brands of shampoo bars. I think... We can talk all we want about making these sorts of changes, but the reality is if they're not easily available for people, yeah, it's hard for people to make those changes, you know, and I understand that not everybody has a Whole Foods, not everybody is going to go spend, you know, a large amount of money on products like this. But when they start to become available in places like Target or regular grocery stores that people have in their community, it just makes it a lot easier for people. So I'm really excited. Well, and the expense part, I'm actually, I looked it up while we were talking. So I'm looking at this Ethique shampoo bar and it actually says, I mean, it's $16 on Amazon, but it says it has three bottles worth of liquid in one bar. So I mean, right. Cost wise, that's actually not that bad. It's not. And I'm really curious myself because I just started using them about six weeks ago. I don't know how long mine last me yet. That's going to depend on the person. I have like medium length hair because of my hair's texture. I actually wash it every day, whether or not I should. <laughs> but I'm, I'm one of those people where I feel like I have to wash it every day or else things get kind of crazy. Yeah, I get it. It'll be curious to see. I did write down the date when I started using it. I'll be curious to see when it runs out to see how long it actually lasted me and then compare that price to my normal bottle of shampoo. But it looks like the one that I'm using right now is by Love Beauty and Planet, a brand that Target regularly carries. I'm using their coconut water shampoo plus conditioner bar. So it's one bar that's shampoo and conditioner. And that's $4.99. Oh, that's not bad. Especially, you know, if it lasts me as long as a bottle of shampoo and conditioner. I mean, I'm doing the two in one. So okay, I feel like people listening to the show are really going to like this thing. First of all, my long running blog Art of Simple, which you are managing editor of. One of our most popular posts is still from over 10 years ago now when I wrote about going shampoo free in Turkey back when I was doing that for a while. I can't do that anymore for a variety of reasons. Um, and it just, it's not always, it just works for some hair types and it doesn't for others. And that's just how it is. So I feel like this is a great kind of alternative or not an alternative, but another option. And kind of the other side of that is we have a lot of travelers or people who love to travel. It feels like this is going to be so much easier to travel with. 
Right. I mean, the TSA should have no problem <laughs> with shampoo bars. Yeah, totally. This is so cool. So it's, you know, it's really versatile. And, you know, I think one maybe word of encouragement I would offer to people who are wanting to try this out is, I mean, all of our hair's textures and needs are so different. So what works for one person isn't obviously going to work for you, but I think it's worth doing trial and error and trying different brands and different types um, to see if you could find one that works for you. Because I will say I did start with a different brand of shampoo and I used it, you know, when I first used it, I'm like, oh, this is good. It lathers well. It seems to clean my hair. But then after about two weeks, I noticed my hair really had this like waxy residue to it. And I tried a few different things. I've heard, you know, if you do a uh, apple cider vinegar rinse, it could help with that. But actually that just made my hair smell like vinegar. <laughs> it didn't actually seem to deal with the residue. So um, then I switched to this other brand and now this other brand is working a lot better. So, you know, in some cases it might just take trial and error. Well, and I know, I mean, this feels kind of silly because we're adults talking about how to wash our hair, but like when it comes to the actual practicals, do you like take the bar of soap and then do you rub it between your hands and then does it lather up? Like, like, does it feel shampooish or does it feel like you're rubbing a bar on your head. I don't know. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, what is this like? <laughs> no, that's a, that's a question that I had. Yeah. Um, no, it actually, the particular one I'm using right now, it does lather really well. And I actually just lather it directly on my hair. And it seems to just create a lot of lather really quickly. And yeah, it's, it's easy to rinse out. One thing I will say is that I live in an apartment and we don't have a water softener and our water is really hard. So it's actually better if you don't have hard water. Um, so if you have a water softener, shampoo bars will probably work a lot better. And the other thing that surprised me is I've always been a person that uses shampoo and conditioner. And the bar that I'm using right now is combination shampoo and conditioner. And it actually seems to be fine. That's very cool. I think we're going to have to give this a try once we use up what we already have. Because we're similar, you know, we have three kids and it is kind of shocking. And we're pretty mindful about what we buy and what we, you know, consume. But there is still sometimes like, why do we have so much just stuff in our bathroom. Very cool. I'm so glad to know about these. I really truly am going to give a shampoo bar a try. I think I, I can see it going well for our kids too, because I get frustrated sometimes at how quickly kids like squirt out way too much, you know? So it seems like this would curb that problem as well. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't overuse this as much as I would like the liquid shampoo. So very cool. I'm glad to know that. If you like The Good List, there's one little thing you can do if you haven't yet to help it grow. And that's to leave a quick review. Many podcast players, especially Apple, make a show more findable for new listeners whenever it has more reviews. So leaving a super quick five-star review means you're helping the good list grow, especially in these early months. Here's a recent one from listener Annie Tags. She says, I find I'm rationing these little gems. They're short, sweet, informative, and uplifting. I never finish one and don't feel beautifully inspired in some way. The little voicemail at the end is my fave and gives a very community feel. Also, Tisha's voice is the best. Her cadence is like someone who's just had a great night's sleep and a good cup of coffee. Bubbly and alive, but not the least bit annoying, which I am sensitive to. And she never sounds preachy, just helpful and enthusiastic in a, if it works for you, great kind of way. Love Tish and love this podcast. Oh my gosh, this is the best and so helpful to hear Annie. So thank you. I am super sensitive to preachy or infomercially voices too. So this is something I really, really work at. So this is really encouraging to hear. Thank you. So if you'd like to keep the good list around for a while, please leave a quick review. It doesn't need to be long and it only takes a few seconds. Details on how to do this are at thegoodlistshow.com. 
When I connect with readers and listeners, I do so mostly via my newsletter, which you can sign up for free at fivequickthings.email. I'm also on Twitter at Tish and sometimes on Instagram at Tish Oxenrider. And I'd love to hear from you. Leave a voicemail at 401-684-GOOD, which goes directly to voicemail, or record your voice and email the voice file. Just state your name, where you're from, and what idea, work of art, habit, or thing is making your life just a bit better. And maybe I'll get to feature you here on The Good List. For reminders on how to do this, links to everything I've just talked about in this episode, and for a full transcript, go to thegoodlistshow.com. Thanks so much to Andrea for sharing her current thing that's making her good list. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. And thanks as always to Caroline Tassell for her help, as well as my furry intern, Jenny. I'm Tish Oxenrider. Thanks for listening to The Good List.